All right, everyone. I got a couple of emails the other day. Or was that yesterday? I don't know. I'm moving, so life is absolutely hectic right now. But uh, somebody, well, actually a couple of people emailed me to ask about what it was like to take the first remote examination that Florida ever gave for the bar exam. And so I just want to kind of give you a little bit of a background on that. So I was scheduled to take the Florida bar in July. And as we approached that, of course, COVID was not slowing down at this point, And they had to kind of do something. Nobody really knew what they were going to do, I don't think. But what they did was they ended up postponing the exam until August 13th or 14th or so. And it was going to be on a software that I had never heard before. And come around to August 11th, they did not give us much warning. So we got an email saying there's some kind of data breach with this software. It's not going to work. So, you know, hang tight until further notice. So as you can imagine, I mean, the people who are taking the bar exam for the first time and don't know that it's really not that big of a deal um, and haven't really just absolutely memorized those basics, um, they had to prepare, you know, that last two weeks is pretty intense. So they prepared up for the July one. Then they prepared up for the August one and then were postponed, right? And nobody knows anything. It's absolute radio silence for like two weeks. And lo and behold, like two and a half weeks later, um, sometime right around the beginning, well, you know what, probably the end of August. So it's been a while, right? Um, they say, we're going to give you the exam October 13th, which is, you know, super cool, right? My birthday's on October 14th. So I guess it could have been worse, but horrible day for me. Um, so, okay, so we, we now have... A new software and they chose to use Examplify which I believe is the company that bought ExamSoft which is the software we used when I was in law school so I was familiar with this stuff I know that you know one out of a hundred times someone's computer is gonna have a freak out with it or at least back in you know 2013 era I'm sure they've probably ironed out a lot of this stuff so either way we get around to the exam everything goes smoothly um, and the Exemplify seems to be the software they're using nationwide right now. And it's uh, it's almost exactly like when you take an exam, excuse me, at, uh, at, at law school. So what they have is a, a system where they watch you um, through a camera, uh, which is, you know, a bit creepy, but I guess we kind of all have to get used to that at some point. But um, so you have a camera watching you the whole time you're taking the exam and you have to check in like using your your ID or um, I don't know what all like different types of IDs they allow you to check in with but that's basically the system so you're you're taking the exam at home now I guess one of the people wanted me to get into the advantages disadvantages what did I think was different um, about taking a remote bar exam versus taking one at a testing center so I took my first bar exam at a big convention center in Columbia, South Carolina for the South Carolina bar exam. And I don't know how you feel about this, but having to check in somewhere 30 minutes early, 
and being herded around like a bunch of overeducated cattle is not a really good way to spend your hour before you take an exam. So for me, that's super intense. Um, the law school stuff was there. The people you see from law school are talking about, you know, I think this topic's going to be on the bar exam. Just the same kind of BS that you hated about a law school exam, right? So everyone's around talking. Everyone's nervous. Um, it, it was hard for me to find a place to just go get away. I mean, you couldn't even, you couldn't even go to the bathroom without someone coming up and being like, Hey, so are you ready? Have you been studying? Blah, blah, blah. Horrible. So that's a huge disadvantage. You got to deal with the same law school stuff. You got to check in. When I took the bar exam at that convention center, another disadvantage was you have to kind of wait around for everybody to get ready once they're settled in. Um, so once everyone's at their table, there's always somebody who's fumbling around or brought their cell phone or did something. So you're just sitting there in this pit of anxiety, just waiting. And that, you know, it, it's just a bunch of people that are completely stressed out. It's a horrible just milieu where everyone's just like, oh, my God, that's a huge disadvantage. The other disadvantage is by the time we stopped and were allowed to leave for lunch, I think I had 30 minutes to walk to my car, have a little thing of yogurt, listen to one song, um, catch my breath, walk back to the testing center. I mean, it was there was not enough time, and I'm a blood sugar guy. If I have low blood sugar, I am not only in a terrible mood, but I can't think. I, you know, I need the blood sugar. My brain needs the blood sugar. So... It was a really terrible situation for for lunch. Um, I think that's helpful for people who are going to have to take an exam. Um, get some readily available carbs and some long-lasting carbs and get your brain flooded with some sugar. Um, I think also one of the disadvantages about taking the test at a center is it, you're you're just kind of at the mercy of the proctors and you're kind of at the mercy of everyone around. Just in general, you just have to be a part of the group and you just hope things go smoothly. You don't know like if something is going to happen. Um, you have to you just have to follow the crowd. Also, you got to drive there. I mean, what if you get in a, a you know a fender bender or something terrible like that? You have to park. All that's huge disadvantages. So what's the advantage of taking it at home? Well, you don't have to deal with that that cattle herding BS. You can sit at your desk and take the test. Um, you can wear your pajamas. Okay, that was a big one for me. I can wear my I can wear my sweatpants and a, a t-shirt and I don't have to shave or anything. Super cool. I can eat chips while I take the test. Um or chocolate chips, whatever you know, whatever your brain needs at the time. Um, I'm a big dark chocolate guy, so that was a huge advantage. I can sip on some coffee if I want. My wife doesn't let me have energy drinks anymore, so I would have probably had a Red Bull. Um, yeah, so that's all your advantages. Now, what about disadvantages for taking a test remotely? One of the things that was super weird for me was reading multiple choice questions and essay questions on a computer screen and highlighting them on a computer screen. Like I love to take a pencil and circle the names of the, the plaintiff, the defendant, the parties involved, maybe make a little note in the margin. Um, so you're really dependent on your working memory. 
Um, that's kind of a disadvantage. You know, I, I mean, you could spend too much time sitting around jotting notes in the margin. Um, but for me, I, you know, I like to do that. Uh, so I would say that's a disadvantage. You can't take notes in the margin. You can't highlight. And you don't have the paper there to kind of interact with the question. Um, there are different kind of shorthand signs I've learned to give myself on test questions. I mean, going all the way back to like the SAT, you know, I mean, way back. I kind of learn to make little notes, underline certain things, and I have a way of going about paper testing. So that was new. I think that that's, uh, that's going to go away. I mean, the next generation of folks will probably not have you know any of these kind of problems. Um, another weird thing about taking the test online and remotely is they have some kind of cheatometer, like they're watching you in the camera, and something's going to trigger them. So getting up to the bathroom and going to the bathroom is kind of a problem in my head. Like when I get nervous, I kind of need to run to the restroom a couple of times. And, you know, I was scared to leave my computer because I was really worried that it was going to trigger something, you know, the, the, the cheat radar or whatever. It was going to be like, oh, this guy left his desk. Um, go back and watch him and, you know, see what he's doing. So I was really nervous. So I kind of had to hold it. And, I, you know, I think that's a disadvantage. Um until we figure out, you know, what, what exactly triggers the cheatometer. Um, another thing is I think they made the test, you know, God, looking back over like the pass fails, like I, as I was scrolling down to my number, I was like, geez, because I had honestly gotten myself to a point where I believed that they were going to just kind of pass almost everybody unless you just completely flub the test. Well, as I was scrolling down, I was uh, quickly made aware that that was not the case at all. They failed a lot of people, and maybe that's just Florida. I don't know. I had two fails above and two fails below my pass, which was kind of like, whoa. You know, I, I rolled up on my, my number and immediately kind of had a little bit of an anxiety attack. I was like, whoa, 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 but I passed. You know, it's cool. Um, so... I think they made the test maybe, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. You know, it, it, it was, um, it was, it was, it was, it was a difficult exam. Um, a lot of the multiple choice questions I had practiced, you know, I felt like the questions on the, the exam itself were, 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 were difficult, uh, challenging, um, and, and more varied. So in Florida, for example, you can get on the website and find this out. I'm being careful not to say anything stupid and, and, you know, break my little, you know, promise to not talk about, you know, what's on the test. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to talk about what was on the test specifically. But I will say that a, Florida typically gives you like multiple choice questions on Florida specific criminal procedure, civil procedure, and then one of two topics. It's like a wild card topic. It could be business corporations or wills, trusts, and estates. Now, the Florida bar this time, they just told you it's going to be on all of those topics and we're also going to throw torts in there. So you had to learn some specific tort um, law for Florida and find out, you know, how would they test this in a multiple choice question, which we've all taken a lot of torts, um, but each state has like little weird um, nuances in torts and they'll have specific rules um, 
so don't overlook that stuff at all. Um, I think that all this being in flux is 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 going to go away. Um, eventually, I I think we were bound to take our tests remotely. I think I think that COVID nineteen just accelerated that process. Um, everybody has pretty much has access to high speed internet in one way or another. Um, crowding four to eight thousand people into a room. Um, just from a security and privacy standpoint and, and just from a convenience standpoint, I mean, it costs a lot of money to have people rounding everyone up and all of that. I mean, it's just technology is to the point where we don't need to do that. I think that's over with. Um, I'm not like predicting like, oh, you know, this is never going to happen, but it doesn't make sense to me that we would ever take bar exams in big convention centers again. That was, uh, that was awful, and um, you know, COVID nineteen gave us a pretty good excuse not to crowd five thousand people in a room, you know, four feet apart from each other. So, I think that uh, I think that it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think that uh, maybe they'll start dropping these. So, what Florida did was they dropped it from a two day test to a one day test, and like I said, they they told us ahead of time or they gave us, you know, a basket of essay topics from which they were going to draw on to create the essays. And I believe that was a bit narrower than the original two-day exam. Um, But like I said, the multiple choice questions were a bit broader. And reading multiple choice questions and taking them online is is not the ideal situation for me. So I think that, um, you definitely want to practice some of those. If you if you've got one of these remote bar exams coming up in July, um, and we can jump, we, you know, this is a good segue to bar exam strategy. Um, practice multiple choice questions. It doesn't matter how much constitutional law you know, how much you know, torts you know, or criminal procedure or criminal law. It's not the same. You you need to get a a broad general grasp on the big bullet points in uh, in the multiple choice questions and then practice 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 uh, I think that's the way it is for the SAT the LSAT any of this stuff um, learning theory will only get you like 20% of the way even if you do it all the time so I think that practice is what's going to get you that you know that that awesome score and I shouldn't have said 20% you know, learning theory may get you into the center of the bell curve if you want to be extraordinary on a multiple choice question, if you want to know that you're going to pass it, practice, practice, practice. And there are lots of resources out there. The state, uh, the state bar organizations, um, and the state supreme courts, just depending on what state it is, they have multiple choice qu- uh, practice questions. Like Florida, for instance, has like 20 multiple choice questions from each bar exam that's already been given. Uh, going back like 20 years. So if you want to be sure that you got half of the exam just completely knocked out, I would 100% start months ahead. Um, Just do like five multiple choice questions a day. That's huge. That's huge. By the time you get there, um, you will recognize the patterns. Um, You'll learn the law even better, which will make the patterns stick out even, even better. Um, but yeah, you gotta practice the multiple choice stuff. Um, 
as much as you can and start early because if you practice 50 questions today, that's not nearly as good as doing five questions a day for even five days. That 25 questions spaced out is going to work better uh, from a neuroscience standpoint and from a working memory standpoint. That's going to work way better for you and your score will improve much, much, much better if you space your practice out, even if the overall volume, the overall quantity is less in the aggregate. So start now, even, you know, just make make a rule for yourself. Every morning, I'm going to do two multiple choice questions. You'd be surprised. I would, I would venture to say, if you did two or three multiple choice questions, I don't want to give you the ambiguity there. If you did two multiple choice questions um, from each subject, you know, let's let's say it another way that this is this is very feasible and very straightforward. One multiple choice question from every topic that's going to be on your multiple choice bar examination. If you did one question from each topic every day, I can tell you that your statistical odds of of passing that just go through the roof. Okay, now essay we, we don't ever know, right? You don't know what's going to pop up, um, but we'll move into that topic now. So the 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 thing about essays is that they can hide topics okay they can they can take they can take a commercial paper um, question and just kind of bury it in a contact a contracts question they can take a constitutional law issue bury it into a family law question or a property law question so little issues conflicts of law they can bury that into any of these questions we're talking about, torts, anything. So a lot of these topics will be kind of snuck in there. Um, professionalism, so Florida tests the rules of ethics. They can bury one of those um, into a otherwise normal one-topic question. So you got to be ready for that too, because in law school, you know that your torts essay is going to be testing torts. And maybe, you know, some kind of constitutional principle. It just depends on your professor. But in general, everything is in the context of torts. And the same goes for, like, property law. Your property law uh, exam in law school is going to be on property law. But in the bar exam, they can get a little more sneaky. They have a little bit more creative license when it comes to crafting these questions. And their goal is to kind of test you it's a basic skills test and they want to see if you know a little something about you know everything like we talked about in the book make sure and write something um keep track of your time when you're when you're writing a a law school exam of any sort and make sure that you know the the topics that you need to write on that you've outlined it at least in the in the broad general topics and you know you know that you need to write something about a b c and d before your time runs out because it's like a Pareto principle. If you get, you know, a, a decent little paragraph, you can get 80% of the points for that particular question. And you can do that in a very short amount of time, but you got to commit yourself to writing something about everything. Um, and this is the same way with the bar exam. So you need to know ahead of time, I I'm, I'm, I'm need to be spotting issues from various topics. That's a big one for the for the essays. Um, before I quit today, so one of the things that I learned, oh my God, the the Florida bar exam. Most recently, um, 
most recently solidified this concept in my mind. Do not predict or attempt to predict questions that will be on the bar exam. Okay. Don't look back and say, well, they tested this last year, so they're not going to test it this year. You're not, okay, you're not in the business of doing that. You do not need to do that. Um, it will cost you. Um, the people did it. I, I had so many people tell me conflicts of law is not going to be on your bar exam on South Carolina's bar exam in 2017. I'm sure that you can pull it up somewhere and you can see that it, in fact, was on the bar exam. And if you didn't know um, a little bit about conflicts of law, you just missed out on a tremendous amount of points when you could have just written three sentences and and 100% made sure that you passed that essay question. Whereas if you didn't know conflicts of law, you got to ace the other 80% of the question because you're not going to have anything to say about conflicts of law. And you don't want to try to write something that sounds super stupid because these people grading your test are going to look at that and go, all right, you, you just totally BS. I mean, you want to write something. Of course, you're not going to get points deducted if you put the wrong answer. But if you know nothing about conflicts of law, and I know a lot of people knew nothing about conflicts of law because they had gotten into one of these like little computer systems and figured out that the statistical odds of conflicts of law coming up was just a, you know, a tiny fraction of a percent, so I'm not going to waste my time with that. Bad move. Okay, Don't do that. Don't don't look at last year's test. It has no bearing. It's mutually exclusive. They could test the same stuff that they tested last year, and they could test it this year. Is that a truck? Jeez. Um, so yeah, study everything. Study all. You need to know how to say something about all of it. And you need to kind of get to that, that strong familiarity. You don't want to be a master of every topic. You don't want to be a master of any topic because that's a bad strategy. You don't want to be a master of torts and write a really good torts question and then turn right around and not have anything to say or write a really dumb question on contracts because, like I said, the people grading these are human beings. So let's just say they pull up your weakest subject first before they grade your other essays, and this is something we talked about in the book, if the first paragraph someone reads is is really dumb, okay, they're going to think you're dumb for the rest of the time they're grading the bar exam, and they should. It, you need to craft the first paragraph absolutely perfectly, and it goes the same way for a law school essay, because these teachers, the, the worst part about being a professor is you have to grade these tests. And when you pull up a test, we all we all go to shortcuts in our mind. It causes problems in some area, but it makes you efficient in others. If you're a professor and you're grading a stack of exams, and it's 10 o'clock at night, and you're tired, and you don't want to do this anymore, and you pull up an exam, and the first paragraph is dumb, and the person doesn't know how to use punctuation, the person is not familiar with the rules of grammar, or at least in your mind, because that's what the, that's what the paragraph looks like. You're going to be biased for the rest of the of, of the essay. Just think about what you would do. Um, I I think any of us in that same situation, when you look at a stack of essays, you're going to begin mentally categorizing the good and the bad very early on. Okay, so you want to have a decent familiarity where you can write well. 
um, when you're writing your answer. Um, a lot of times people will tell you that everything is, you know, it's, it's all graded objectively, but we're human beings and we're not that objective. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that class. I wouldn't, I wouldn't count on it. Um, just, you know, don't predict answers, have something to say about every topic. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, I think you're, I think you're ready to rock this. Um, if you do get stuck with a remote bar examination, it's, um, it's not that different from what you're used to. And, um, send me some emails, uh, to elite law schooler at gmail.com. If you want to hear about a particular topic or to Charles R. Bust at gmail.com, I think is the one I put in the book. Um, or mental e fit m e n t a l e f i t at gmail.com. Go to the mentally fit page if you want to learn about marketing or um, self improvement stuff, techniques. Um, let's see, other kind of personal finance stuff. We're going to go over a lot of topics there. I'm going to animate a lot of books there. Um, I think it'll be a fun place to kind of play around and um, expand. Um, the universe of ideas that I talk about to more than just law. But uh, for your guys' purpose, um, sorry for the unpolished audio. That's just the reality of my life right now. And I'd rather get you the content than uh, not record at all because I know I got to spend four hours, you know, polishing up the audio. So hopefully you found some value in this. And uh, like I said before, best of luck on everything. Email me if you need anything. I'm happy to answer questions for people. I've um, I've done it a lot of times. And it feels good to have people ask you questions because um, because it, that's what life's all about, right? It's, we're here to help other people. You know, we're here to we're here to experience things so we can help other people experience it a little better. You know, create a little bit more joy in this world. So, feel free to send me an email. Um, other than that, have a great day, and uh, I'm sure we'll be back on here soon. All right, bye.